Sarah figured out that by switching to MetroPCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You too figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Wake Up Mission Show. With your host, Shalene Nightingale. And Randy D. Wonderful life. <laughs> we used to call Wednesday Anchor Wednesday. When we got right. sick and tired of listening to ourselves be frustrated all the time with downer news on a daily basis, that we said, you know what? What else goes with? What else starts with W? Basically, it's the opposite of Winter, really. Wonderful, right? So, you know, I'm no longer in my punk rock days anyway. So I... uh, you're not in your punk rock days anymore. That's that's not good. Because um, I always thought that, you know, once a punk rocker, always a punk rocker. Well, um, Shalene, your mic has cut off. Uh, if you would please try to come back. There, there you are. Shalene, yeah, are you with us? Switch sometimes. I get really frustrated with the co-host line when I do most of the talking anyway. Uh, but there was an audio stream issue, so I had to call in on my secondary mic, and it just uh, dropped. There's nothing you can do about it. This is live radio. It is what it is, and we move on because what? It's a wonderful life. Uh, glad to be back. It wasn't here Monday or Tuesday. Um, I can't wait to listen to your uh, podcast from yesterday, Randy, because... That subject matter I'm fascinated by, and so good for you. And see, you now produce a Truth Tuesday, so I'm not the only one who can do it, and I'm really proud of you for that. You are the hostess with the mostest. Well, you're all stopping it. You, you might not say that after you listen to it. I got a frog in my throat yesterday that would not go away. And then uh, I got, I stumbled over my words, and basically uh, my mouth fell down the stairs. <laughs> so it was like, uh, Lord help me, Jesus, I'm falling down the stairs um, with a frog in my throat. And, well, your uh, mic is cut out again. So, yeah, it is a wonderful life Wednesday. Uh, regardless of what's going on with Blog Talk, uh, Blog Talk is not a wonderful tech <laughs> life day today. So, Shall we try that again? What's going on with you over there? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like 
what can I say? It's, it's tech issues. It's not me. But we should just move on. Uh, oh, okay. In our second hour, uh, we have John McAfee. Yes, the McAfee. And I hate to say this because I'm really excited to have him on the show. I used to like McAfee products like years ago, uh, but then it became like really frustrating. Uh, and, and I had a hard time getting rid of it. So, but uh, he's not to blame. He hasn't owned the company for years. But, yes, it is that McAfee, quite a colorful uh, character and fa- fascinating. Uh, really. yeah. And I'm actually at Liberty, so I am actually really looking forward to the interview. I, he, I don't think he knows this, but this was some weeks ago. Sometime during the summer, his girlfriend, wife, they got married, I, I think. I'm not 100% sure. A really beautiful uh, uh, woman uh, offended me some time ago, and uh, I basically accepted. I'm not so good. I've got, you know what, Ellen, you're not supposed to, but I have like three Facebook pages. Four. We've got this show. I've got my former campaign one that's still out there. And then my original campaign one that was like my original Facebook to begin with. And they got taken over by politics. So i like, you know what, I need a personal account. So then I've got my more personal one, and that's the one she's on. So, uh, But, I, you know, with so many, you know, people following, so many uh, friends, I don't, you know, I don't have a chance to keep in touch with them all. But anyway, that's just a little side note. Uh, it is Wonderful Life Wednesday, and tomorrow is Truth Tuesday. As always, we will have Liberty Lesson and Michael C. School with us. And yeah. then, of course, there, my friend. Uh, yeah. but, uh, Tomorrow's actually one. Tree of Liberty Thursday. It's not Truth Tuesday. Oh, yeah, Tree of Liberty Thursday. Yeah, see? See what happens when you're out a couple of days? I noticed how I said there will be a Liberty lesson, but I said Truth Tuesday. Gosh, where is my head today? Uh, I think it's still on the days off I had. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, you're still on vacation. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a vacation, you know, going to the hospital and you're, you know, you're son. But anyway, um, um, every day should be a truth day, though. So really, that yeah. wasn't really, I mean, what a faux pas. I mean, shouldn't we be telling the truth every day? That's why people tune into this show. And I want to thank everyone because, you know, even though I wasn't able to be on the show due to conflicting appointments, I, you know, was online, and I want to thank all the wonderful, really, I, you know, we have really wonderful listeners. I want to thank you all. I want to thank the gentleman, the very kind gentleman who said that our radio show is must-tune-in listen. Hey, you know what? Thank you for that. Uh, no doubt. All. Still uh, doing a pretty bang-up job out there. But let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get, let's get into some uh, news. And again, here on, uh, we make the more alarming news stories for Monday, Tuesday, and, and Thursday. So today we try to have a few more positive, upbeat ones, so a little bit different than our normal days. But I like this one, a report Pentagon suspends Syrian rebel training program. Uh, first of all, did you know, Randy, we had a Syrian rebel training program that we, uh, the people, were funding? Well, we don't have one. They have one. They're just taking our money and funding it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, uh, so the official announcement 
apparently hasn't been made yet, but there have been reports, apparently, Randy, emerging from the Pentagon that has suspended the train and equip program intended to create a new faction of pro-U.S. Syrian rebels, which had been well, a- Syrian forces. And, and this is in the department, everybody knows how I'll swear. This is in the department, if I did, in the WTF or the WTH department. Whiskey <laughs> Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. So apparently there were two classes of NSF fighters uh, during this uh, program's history. The first class of 54 uh, fighters were overrun quickly. And uh, four or five were confirmed to still be active earlier this month. Now, the second class estimated that 70 to 75 fighters entered Syria 10 days ago. Uh-huh. You know, remember, and we said it on this show before, the person in the Oval Office is not who he claims. The truth of the matter is, he is an illegal usurper. He's not a citizen of the U.S. and he's a Muslim. And I don't care who laughs or mocks at that. It's the truth. It's right. Been forever. I mean, for God's sake, his name. I don't care what his birth name was. Then he was Christian Barry Sotero. So if he wasn't a Muslim, then why did he change his name back? Um, Barry Sotero, he could have been Barry Barack. No. Just like he said in an ABC interview uh, with a George Stephanopoulos, my Muslim face. That wasn't words anybody put in his mouth. Those were words that came out of his mouth. Yeah, and even. Search. Since they've been in the White House, I think it's been reported they've been twice. Well, you know, even in the context of that, you know, he was basically being a smart ass. But, you know, behind every joke, there's truth. And, you know, he was just he was smart ass in that interview. He was asked a question. He answered it and he kept talking. And George Stephanopoulos said, uh, you know, wait a minute, President. You mean your Christian faith? So watch it for yourself. I, mean, I did. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there was no sarcasm in it. He meant it. It spoke out of his mouth because that was the truth. So, uh, so there is no sarcasm. It wasn't a joke. He meant it. You don't find pictures of him online in, in Muslim garb. I mean, that's easy to find. So, uh, you know, don't take our word for it. Go search it for yourself. Don't watch the mainstream media news. They're not going to tell you. They're covering up for the guy. Why? Because, hello, Operation Marketing Bird, anyone? Doesn't change. So, anyway, uh, the new details uh, of this, you know, all we know is that the NSF forces entered Syria on uh, 9-18. Okay, so, again, about 10 days ago. And uh, a CENTCOM CENTCOM spokesperson, Colonel Patrick Ryder, claimed to have first gotten information on the arms surrender this past Sunday. The first media reports to that effect emerged uh, yesterday, 
And then today, I guess Ryder himself denied the media report. Well, there you go. You know, nothing but lies. But, uh, you know, what's good news is it's been exposed. If you think the program's really gone away, you know, uh, of course it hasn't. It's just been renamed something because people found out about it. But the good news is it's been reported. And so I, I just thought it was, we really needed to report on that. So now we move into something uh, very, 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 very different. Um, and this is we. And the, and the reason why I want to mention this one, Randy, is because remember we had Jeff Burbank on our show, and and those of you who listen, uh, or you're in the Liberty Movement, you know him. He's very much a libertarian. Jeff Berwick, the Dollar Vigilante, and what right. favorite interview. And we talked about this, Shamika. And, you know, if you are a member of the Dollar Vigilante, you know, he's been talking about it till his siding with a market crash. I remember, you know, just a, you know, what is he, a multi-billionaire or something like that. Um, anyway, this upcoming Wednesday, well, today, because this news came out, thousands of people were to descend on the Mr. Wall uh, Plaza uh, to take part in a rare biblical commandment that apparently occurs once every seven years. I guess the commandment is called Hoskite, and it involves assembling all Jewish men, women, children, and non-Jewish residents of Israel to hear the reading of the Torah by the king of Israel after each Shemitah year. Well, it's interesting. Uh, the Hoskite gathering uh, it took place at the temple in Jerusalem on the second day of the holiday, there's Sukkot, uh, uh, when all of Israel was gathered together in the capital. The biblical requirement for uh, to perform this commandment is not incumbent upon the Jewish nation, since it's only when all the Jewish people reside in Israel. Nonetheless, there was a move to revive this uh, commandment, at least in a symbolic manner, beginning in the early 1900s with Rabbi Elijah David Rabbani, uh, the father-in-law, I guess uh, this makes sense to anyone, Rabbi Chief, and then uh, Chief Rabbi of Jerusalem. So anyway, in 1945, a year after the Shemitah, an official Hakal ceremony was held for the first time in thousands of years. Since then, every Shemitah period, there's another ceremony. And uh, there'll be, you know, chief rabbis, you know, Israeli ministers and politicians in attendance at the wall. And I just wanted to talk about it's not something normally we, we would report on the show. We just wanted to remind everybody of what some of our guests, like Jeff, had reported on our show in interviews about what was to take place this month. This was supposed to be you know, a very volatile month, and today is the last day of the month, and uh, nothing really big happened. No, not yet. That's the good news. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, and this is why people sometimes have a hard time listening to those of us in the liberty movement, because they say, well, it didn't happen, it didn't happen. It doesn't matter if things happen at that time. If you pay close attention to the encroaching tyranny, the growing bureaucracy, you will see that these events do occur uh, just maybe under the radar or at a later time. So don't be going back to sleep thinking, ah, everything's fine, because 
we're here to warn you, uh, like we do on Monday, May Day, May Day, it is not. Don't close your eyes yet. Remember, yeah. it's usually called the October surprise. So yeah, I'm... Nature happens other than, of course, the uh, the Agenda 21, which is now uh, the 2030 Agenda. It's Agenda 21 on steroids. Um, and the whole global warming and the Pope being here, that was really something. And don't think for a moment nothing happened during that time because it did. You've got to pay attention. And, you know, this is why those of you who listen, you tune in to our show. Uh, now, and I haven't been here, or else I would have reported this on Monday. I wouldn't have waited for today on it. Uh, uh, but the Family Research Council awarded Kentucky clerk Kim Davis. And, of course, you've all heard us talking about her on the show. In fact, we had her attorney on our show. She is the clerk in Kentucky uh, who said, because of my faith, I'm not going to issue, you know, same-sex marriage licenses. And that, that's to be fun. In fact, it just got into, you know, it was a friendly debate with one of my friends. Hi, Ari. I love you if you're listening. Uh, you're wrong. I'm right. <laughs> Okay, I'm, you know, I'm joking. Well, no, I'm only half joking because I didn't think you were right in our little chat because uh, my friend Ari and so many others, Ari's, my friend Ari's not the only one. Many people agree with Ari that Kim should just step down and quit her job. Uh, well, that's not what the First Amendment is all about. The First Amendment was so that regardless of what your belief system was, you could work a job, including working for the government, without any repercussions. Period. Also, it's an elected position. The people elected her. If they wanted to fire her, they could do a recall. Nobody's doing a recall, so why should she step down? I mean, if she steps down then uh, that means that the First Amendment's been completely shredded, correct? I mean, there's really no better answer. Either she has the First Amendment right or not. That gay couple can go to any other court. They purposely, Randy, I don't know if you knew this. I, I, I know we had her attorney on the show, but I didn't quite, we didn't quite ask this question or get into it. Did you know that couple didn't even live in that area. They they could go to another clerk in another county. Did you know that? Well, it's like with um, you know the bakery and the florist and all. You know, it's a total setup. You know, they they knew going in what was going to happen, and they did it. You know, to try to um, you know, if you will, you know, quote martyr themselves. Uh, for their cause and cause and, and then cause a big stink about it and and pushing this agenda. So it, you know, is anyone surprised uh, by that? Well, I figured I, I figured it out because she is not the only clerk in America, by the way, who has said I'm not going to do that. That's just a rep for everybody to know. And we reported that on the show some time ago, a couple three weeks ago. She's not the only one. But guess what? Out of all the clerks. She's the only Democrat. So that's why I believe she's being targeted. Because, see, they like to eat their own. <laughs> the, the, she's a Democrat? 
Really? Yeah. Wow. Which makes the story, you know, kind of funny. But it's just, well, you know, as a funny record, anybody who's new listening to the show, Randy and I are also not Republicans, okay? We we don't belong to a party. We're, we're independent voters. I align myself with the Constitution Party and the Libertarian Party. Um, for those who are listening, I was a campaign manager for a Libertarian candidate some years back, and I've endorsed Libertarians. I've voted for Libertarians. I was a Constitution Party candidate back in 2010. I have voted for Constitution Party candidates and supporters of the Constitution Party. So that, you know, that's that. So, but we are libertarian-leaning right. So we would vote more with the Republican Party than, of course, we would the Democrat one. Um, and it's more, you know, transparency if you're new. I was one. I would have considered myself a socialist. So. Uh, years ago in my youth. So there you have it. So, uh, but, so we're not saying that there's no issues in the Republican Party. It's just kind of ironic that she's a Democrat, and they're go- and that's why they're, I believe strongly why they are going after her, specifically. Anyway, uh, over the weekend, the Family Research Council awarded Kim um, with the Cost of Discipleship Award. And that was, of course, because she refused to issue it. She went to she went to jail for her beliefs. And this is what she had to say at the ceremony. I feel so very undeserving of this honor. And apparently she said that while wiping away, and apparently her voice was trembling, so obviously she was pretty emotional. And she went on to say, I want to start by thanking my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, because without him it would never be possible for he is my strength that carries me. So there you, there you have it. Uh, now, also uh, on that note, I was reading something because I had a lot of time to read the last couple of days, and I read something. Uh, by the way, and, and be warned, everybody, the Supreme, the Supreme Court, uh, they're back in session October fifth. I hate those words, back in session. As far as I am concerned, the Supreme Court in Congress could be out of session permanently. But yeah, somebody, if we got any listeners in Washington, D.C., go change the locks on the doors in the building <laughs> and don't let them in, please. We do have listeners from D.C., so hello, you guys. Uh, please do that. But, uh, you know, everybody's going, I thought this was Wonderful Life Wednesday with <laughs> with the news, and you're telling us we're back in session. But anyway, uh, but I read this. Apparently, Justice Scalia uh, spoke on Constitution Day. So, yeah, this was a couple of weeks back, but I thought this was really interesting. He spoke there uh, at Rhodes College because that's where his grandson is a student. And he had some, you know, really great words. Uh, he warned that the Supreme Court had become a threat to democracy and that the court was headed in the wrong direction. Uh, He also went on to say that the Constitution requires, saying that the Constitution requires homosexual practice, which is contrary to the religious beliefs of many of our citizens, I don't know how you can get more than that. I love those words because they're pretty much exactly the words I said on this show. Did I not? Rosini and Scalia seeing eye to eye there. Uh, he described the case uh, as the furthest imaginable ex- 
extension of the Supreme Court doing whatever it wants. And then he asks the question, do you really want your judges to rewrite the Constitution? And uh, that's exactly what we said they did, because there was no law. The Supreme Court is there just to interpret law. There was no law for them to interpret. So they legislated, which is exactly what we said on the show, and so Scalia noted that the Supreme Court is terribly unrepresentative of our country, pointed out that he had a law degree uh, that, you know, why having a law degree does not qualify one to be a judge on moral issues. And then he went on to say, what is it that I learned at Harvard Law School that makes me particularly qualified to determine such profound moral and ethical questions as whether there should be a right to abortion, whether there should be same-sex marriage, whether there should be a right to suicide. It has nothing to do with the law. So, uh, you know, I included that because I thought it was very interesting what he said, and obviously uh, we agree with him. And on that note, uh, you know, of course, the last few days, uh, and we just call her the witch on this show, but the head of Planned Parenthood, whose name we can't even say on this show, uh, did you hear her? Uh, it, it, with the words that came out of her mouth in Congress, Randy? The Wicked Witch. Are you talking about uh, Piss Losey? <laughs> no, 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 they had to plan parenthood. Um, oh. She, was, she, she, called, she called the Republicans in Congress sexist. I, I, I didn't see that part. I, I saw a, a clip. A part of uh, this, quote, hearing they're having with, um, oh, hell, the Planned Parenthood uh, demon. Um, no, I, I thought you were, were referring to, um, when you when you say Wicked Witch, I immediately think of Nancy Pelosi. But Pelosi, she's yeah. never even seen the videos and says they're fake. Okay, whatever, <laughs> you stupid, you know, go away. This is wonderful life Wednesday, so just just we'll keep it to one witch today. Uh, but anyway, no, she said uh, that after her interrogation that that the Republicans were sexist, which just made me laugh because I'm thinking, uh, wait a minute, uh, you uh, kill uh, innocent uh, babies, including little baby girls. So, uh, isn't that like the pot? <laughs> She's a murderer. Yeah. Shoot, that's I, worse. I, that's I, worse than the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, hello. Anyway, uh, I just thought that was funny. I just wanted to inter- interject that a little bit. But here's some good news. A Christian woman barred from taking her Bible. Uh, it, this was in the U.K. when the first ever caste uh, discrimination case. She was a woman from India. She was hired by another Indian couple, but the other Indian couple were Hindu, whereas, you know, she was a Christian. And apparently she, uh, they hired her because she was a lower caste in India. Apparently this Indian couple had lighter skin, and this Indian woman had darker skin. And the reason why they hired her is they like to hire the darker skinned one. She when people say just America deals with racism, oh, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, oh, this is something, you know that I'm considering at some point becoming an expat. And uh, so I've been looking at other countries, 
And I was looking at, this was about three weeks ago, and I forgot to mention it on the show. But when I was doing my research on, because I want to live in a country of liberty. I don't want government telling me what to do. I'm not, like, just stay out of my life. I will pay what little taxes need to be done for infrastructure. Other than that, leave me alone. Don't tell me what to do. It's not what you're there for. You're just there to make sure that my right to life, my life, I can enjoy the pursuit of happiness, whatever that pursuit is for me as a person. That's all I want. That's all I care about. I want a relatively healthy economy. I want to be able to raise my children in a safe environment. And that's it. I want any interference. So that's all I'm looking for. You wouldn't think that that would be a big request, but in this world today, yeah, it is. But so I was doing my research, Randy, on liberty countries, and trust me, the U.S. isn't even in the top ten. If you average all the lists, we're not in the top ten. So what does that tell you? We have flipped. And, uh, but when I was doing my research, uh, one of the lists that I read said that the U.S. was a great country if you wanted to live in a country that experienced the least amount of racism. I could do that. And this was a pretty, this was, by the way, it was a progressive list. list. Like, it was somebody with progressive politics and, uh, and, and said that about our country, that our country enjoyed the best, uh, you know, uh, racial relationships and freedom. So, and so I'm saying to you, having been to other countries, having friends who live in other countries, that is the truth. There is a lot more worse you can do than the United States of America. And when I used to work in the film industry, one of my jobs, I mean, I was, you know, in front of the camera and behind the camera. And I remember when I was the VP of a film distribution company, Randy, I remember, because we, you know, our company, we were very, uh, very, um, I don't want to say liberal company, but we held a really good film with a variety of different actors. I mean, we chose interesting films, like, you know, not your normal fare. And when it came time to sell to other countries, there were many, I mean, many countries that would not screen a film that had any, uh, any um, I hate to say this because this is the way it was, though, any black actors in it. And by the way, this was only like 15 years ago. I'm not sure how much has changed since then. So this wasn't like, you know, I mean, I'm not that old to have been in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. So um, that's the way that it is. So I found that was really interesting. So see, this story right here from India and the UK just proves that there is like pastors from everywhere in this world. And so this couple hired the darker-skinned Indian woman because they felt that, that they were slaves and that they would keep their mouths shut. They could treat them any way they want, wanted. Well, she was treated really rough. She was told she couldn't keep her Bible in the house. She couldn't even read it. Uh, she endured it for like four years. Finally, she spoke out. She had had enough. I said good for her. The case was filed in the U.K., and she won. So I thought that that was pretty good. Apparently, uh, uh, you know, they also uh, kept her passport from her and denied her access to it 
And um, they, the, the tribunal in the U.K. said it was a clear violation of her dignity. And here was her public statement. Her name is, I, I think it's, I, I, you know, I hate to say that it's pronounced Turkey, but I, I, I don't know how else it would be. It's T-I-R-K-E-Y. Okay, so forgive me if it's not Turkey or maybe it's Turkey. I don't know what, what, but this is what she had to say. I want the public to know what happened to me as it must not happen to anyone else. The stress and anxiety that this sort of thing creates for a person can destroy them. I've not been able to smile because my life has been destroyed. Now I'm able to smile again. Now that I am, and hear these words, now that I am free. Free. See, that's something that we all want, regardless of where we live. We all want a life um, free. Um, uh, so, what else do we have here on uh, Good News uh, on, on Wednesday, or Wonderful Life Wednesday? Uh, Common Core. That's a subject that I've spoken out publicly. I've spoken at quite a few you know, public events against Common Core. I homeschool partly because of Common Core. Well, you know, we've been reporting on this show from time to time. Groups parents all across this country are fighting back. Idaho, they're taking it one step further. Uh, a group, and this is in Boise, by the way, 10 Idaho residents led by a chairman of what is a conservative free market think tank are suing the state over Common Core education standards. In the lawsuit, the group, which is named Idaho Freedom Foundation, contends that Idaho's participation in an agency that helps test and implement Common Core standards is illegal under federal rules governing agreements between states. The Smarter Balanced Assessment Consortium includes about 19 states and territories as members, and in exchange for membership dues, the states get access to curriculum schools and assessments. Similar lawsuits apparently have targeted the same, uh, you know, Common Core in Missouri, North Dakota, and uh, so uh, I guess the battle continues to rage. We want to thank those who stand up for freedom, because it's not always an easy task, and you may feel you're alone, but believe you me, you are indeed doing the right thing. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna take it completely uh, different here. Uh, the next two stories, um, I think I'll do this one first because uh, the other one I'm sure you're gonna want to comment on, Randy, and it will be kind of funny. So the first one, of course, both of these stories are out of California. <laughs> you want any stories about tyranny? It's hard to find good stories out of California, by the way. Just an FYI. These were two of the best I could find. Uh, but if you, you know, want to look up tyranny, just look for news in New York, New Jersey, and California. Uh, you'll be plenty of them for you. But I dug this one up. Uh, it starts out pretty bad, but it ends pretty good. At least not everybody in this country or this state is completely far gone. So, Randy, there was a kid being beat up. This was at Huntington Beach High School. Okay. You know, not too far from where you used to live. I like Huntington Beach. I used to spend a lot of time down there, uh, especially when I was single. But mm. uh, 
uh, you know, it's a great, I like Huntington Beach. Me too, I love Huntington Beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but there was a, a high school kid, a freshman, that he was being beat up. He was being bullied. He was he was being beat up. He was blind. He's blind. One of the uh, so a high one of the football team members happened to be walking by and saw this, and nobody was helping this kid. This blind kid being beat up by people. Nobody's doing anything about it. So this football player by the name of Cody Pines, uh, he decided to intervene. He, you know, said, in fact, this is what he said to the guy that was really beating up the, the blind kid. He said, you're trying to jump a, and, I, and he said some, and it, this is media, so I don't know what it was, but he said some, you know, some curse word. A blind kid grow. What the F is your problem? And then he he hit him. He just punched him. And so you would think kids who would have been in trouble would have been the kid that was beating up the blind kid. Uh, right. But no, 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 no. Cody, the hero in the story, got arrested. Now, there were no charges. Um, and it would have been a misdemeanor battery, but there were no charges. Uh, but he got suspended from school. Not the kid who was beating up the blind kid, but the kid who came to save the blind kid got suspended from school. So here's the part of the good story. This was as of, now remember, I haven't been here Monday or Tuesday, but as of Friday morning, there were over 28,000 people who had signed an online petition in support of Cody Pond. And the petition basically said, you know, while violence is never the best option, Cody did to defend, you know, this classmate was justified. And what about the the, the little punk that was beating up the blind kid? What happened to that one? Nothing? Yeah, I don't know what happened to the boy. I don't know. I don't know. They didn't even release Jeez. his name. I mean, he's a minor, so his name wasn't released in, in any of the news items I could find. Uh, but uh, so the good news is there's still some sane people, sane people in California uh, that see the wrong in this. I'll tell you what. If I were, it's my oldest son saw a blind kid being beat up. I want my son to take the kid that's beating up the blind kid, and I want him to stop him. That's what I want my kid to do. That's what I want my kid to be violent, but I don't want him to allow, you know, a blind kid, an impaired child, disabled child, uh, to be hurt and bullied. And that's what's so funny about all this. We live in California where you don't microaggression. Microaggression, bad, bad, bad. In, in Compton, California. Yeah, and what about this whole... It's microaggression. You were supposed to be a state with, you know, anti-bullying laws. And, yeah, I was going to uh, ask. The anti-bullying laws go so far to where the weaker kid is bullied. And then the person who saves the, the, the kid being bullied is punished. You know what, I'm sorry. Progressives just don't make any sense. They're living in stuff. I don't know. 
they're sick individuals. I really think they all need to see a therapist. And case in point, when you think of therapy, you think of San Francisco. <laughs> How do you like that segue? You know, San Francisco is one of the prettiest cities I've, I've ever been in. All right? It, it is beautiful. Now, I'm originally from Seattle. I'm more by, I think Seattle's even prettier. Okay? But San Francisco and Seattle are very similar on so many levels. Uh, including politics, unfortunately. But uh, a federal judge, uh, this was supposed to happen this past weekend. Now, a federal judge uh, ordered a San Francisco to give a parade permit to nudists to challenge the city ordinance that restricts where, when and where they can be naked in public. Now, look, I believe in freedom. Do whatever the heck you want, as long as you're not invading others. Here's the deal. There are nudist colonies. There are places where you can go be naked, and if somebody goes into that area, that's on them. If they're shocked and they go into a, a nudist colony area, that is totally on them. That's all i got to say. But when you're in the public eye, if I'm eating at a restaurant, I'm sorry. I don't want to see some naked man. I'm probably going to lose my lunch. So no, I don't want accept the person's freedom. What about mine? Or your microaggression in the nudist. They want it for them, but they don't think about others. There's a reason why we wear clothes out in public. All right? You know, different people have different religious beliefs, for one. Imagine a Muslim seeing a leader. Oh, they're, they're obligated to commit suicide right then and there on the spot. Yeah, so. Exactly. So, well, you know. If you want to be new to public, you're violating somebody's religious freedom. You're violating any, any child, especially under the age of 14. I'm sorry. You know, I don't care. It, look, I don't care what you think of me. If you think I'm too prudish or not, I'm sorry. I don't want my little boys to be seeing a naked woman at this point in their life. It's just, I'm sorry. You know. Well, not only that. If you've ever, I'm, you know, this is a generalization. Yeah, send me hate mail. I don't care. Most nudists are people you don't want to see naked anyway. It's not like there's going to be Victoria's Secret models and Chippendales running down the street naked. No, that, you're not going to get that. You know, it's really funny you should say that. My parents, and by the way, my parents are, my mom, my mom they're Christians, they're conservatives. My dad was in the Air Force, okay? So uh, it wasn't like that. But my, but my parents taught me in life. You don't judge people by anything but their heart and their actions. That's it. Their heart, their actions, and their words. If they're good people and they'll give you the shirt off their back, you don't judge them for their life. God will do the judging. You just do the witnessing. And that's what my parents used to tell me. So, and my mom used to say, I don't want you to ever look at somebody's skin color. I only want you to look what's on the inside, not on the outside, because the outside doesn't matter. It's just a shell. That's what my mom used to say. That was how I was raised. So that's why I could befriend everybody, which I did all throughout my school years. Yes, I, I, you know, I was always I was always popular, but I had friends in every every group who 
because that's just how my parents taught me to be. You know, when my friends, because I was popular and, and all of that, I definitely had some friends in that crowd that would get upset with me. Why are you talking to so-and-so? And I'd be like, because they're just like us, you know. And they'd be like, the other night. You know, I didn't remember those conversations. And I'd be like, whatever, you know. Then deep, then defund me because I'm not going to stop talking to people. I just, but this is how my parents were. So my parents also had friends of all different persuasions. That's just the way that they were. And they had a, a, a friend, actually a couple that they knew, that were nudists. And they used to invite my parents to all their functions, and they'd go, well, we, we love you, but, yeah, no, thank you. You know, maybe that's, that's, what, that's what my parents said. If we wanted to do that, we would go do it, but we're not into that. You know, we don't want to go see them naked. And, and likewise, this couple that were friends to my parents, they always went to my parents' functions with clothes on. That's just common sense. But yeah, I, I know what I know. My parents' and friends, and no, I didn't. They were not people I would ever want to see naked. No disrespect, but you're right. But that's but that's not really the point. The point is, freedom is about you enjoying your life, but not hurting or imposing on anybody else. That's what freedom is. And so, in society, we wear clothes. So, um, you know, forcing to want to be nude at a restaurant in San Francisco, at a store, marching down the street with the police barricading off the street, that's not really. That's just selfish, look at me, 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 me. Really, I don't understand why a person in their head wants to march down the street to San Francisco without any clothes on. I just don't, I don't, I just don't get it. Okay? Yeah, I'm in a restaurant. That's not sanitary at all. Well, it's not, and that's what's so funny about California. So here we have the whole restaurant rating system. You know, the health inspector comes out. So, but in San Francisco, you could have an A on your resident in there eating. Like, it's just so, it's just so, do they realize how illogical they are, these progressives? I don't think they do. They're so twisted in their heads, they don't see common sense. So, yeah, it's, anyway, the, the chief of police wouldn't grant them a permit. So they kept, they went back to the court, and so it was a battle between the judge and the chief of police. Now, I have been a, a an activist, or was an activist that organized many, many a marches, and not that I agree with permits myself. My thing is, you just go do what you want. Why do we need to have free zones and permits? But, but I got to tell you, I didn't argue it, uh, you know, years ago, because my whole thing was, choose and pick your battles. What I wanted is I wanted to bring attention to issues, and so I went and got the permit. And they closed down. Let me tell you something. It is expensive for the city, city and the taxpayers. You've got to get the uh, the uh, traffic controllers out there that you barricade it. You have to have a staff to set it up. You have to have a staff, a security staff during the day, and a staff that comes by and cleans it up. So it, it is it, it costs money and it costs you know a crew. So this and they usually only want to do it if you have 
more than 100 participants because they believe anything less, they just think it's a lot of money or not enough people. Well, there wasn't going to be 100 participants. They had a lot lower number. Uh, it doesn't say exactly. It just says that they were going to have uh, quite a bit fewer than 100 participants. So I don't know what that number means. Said no. But anyway, the judge came back and said, no, you're going to do this. So uh, I don't know what the outcome was, uh, but uh, the police chief was pretty adamant that he was not going to give them a permit. So I thought that was pretty funny for wonderful cyclists. Hey, and hey, if they did, for those of you who wanted to see nudists, I guess that was the good, good news for, for you. Uh, and here's, I've got a couple more that are actually really, really good. And I want to end on these two, Randy, um, and whatever you have for the day. Uh, but I really like, I really like this one. You hate to see these words combined. A six-year-old little girl with cancer. You know, I, I watched my mom die with, the, uh, you know, cancer is such nonsense. I, I mean, you know, cancer is not something we need to have. And although some of it is genetic with the cells, in fact, most people are walking around with cancer cells and don't even know it, uh, you cannot buy into the Western medical industry on it. They're making a lot of money off of it. There are natural ways, including eating the, the seeds of the inside of the seeds of an apricot, all right? The pit of the apricot uh, you know, is loaded with vitamin D, you know, 26. There's so much that you can do. Uh, to ward off cancer, to get rid of cancer in a natural way, which is what I believe. But nonetheless, you know, it, you just hate to read those words, six-year-old with cancer. But uh, uh, yeah, this happened uh, over the weekend, uh, or, or excuse me, Monday. I'm sorry about that. It was still the weekend for me. A little girl up in Canada uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation wanted to, you know, grant her a wish, and her wish was that she would be able to uh, dress up as a superhero for the day. She wanted to be Spider-Girl. I didn't even know that there was a Spider-Girl, but that's what she wanted to be. And she wanted to spend the day with Spider-Man. <laughs> so done, so, so cute. And, um, and the reason why she wanted to do that is Spider-Man had radioact radioactive blood just like her. Oh, and um, and so she wanted to go out and help save the city. Isn't that like so sweet? And so this was up in in in, in Alberta, Canada, and the mayor and uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, the hockey captain up there for the Oilers, and you know a lot of you know big celebrities up there, uh, along with the Wake Wake Wish Foundation in the community, helped her to enjoy her day, and afterwards said it was a pretty cool experience. Well, I thought that was actually uh, a pretty cute story. And, and uh, uh, another final one, you, see, you know, if I pay taxes, I don't mind paying taxes for something like that, for something good. I, I really don't. I mean, some people may disagree with that. I really don't in, in this particular case. San Francisco went above and beyond. They shut down the city pretty much, and that was too much. But, you know, you know, they're the children. Uh, the final one, uh, Randy, that I have, um, I love, this is actually my favorite story. So here's my favorite good news story of the day. Uh, there was, uh, this is uh, out of, uh, by the way, South Africa. And there was a homeless man there. 
Uh, he became homeless, homeless, by the way, uh, because, you know, he had a serious drug abuse problem. And so uh, that was how he ended up in the street. But he started to turn his life around uh, by selling books. Somehow he got a job. So he became really interested in reading, which landed him a job. He decided to start selling books and give book reviews, and he would hand them out to passing motorists. His name is Apolani Dalda. Apolani Dalda. And out of this experience, he wrote uh, his own book. It's a memoir entitled The Pavement Bookworm. Totally love that title. The Pavement Bookworm. And apparently that was one of his nicknames. You know, because he was homeless and he bred. And so his nickname, uh, Homeless, for uh, uh, so the homeless guy was The Pavement Bookworm. And uh, this book chronicles how his love of reading got him to turn his whole life around. Instead of begging drivers for money, he started selling books and giving quick reviews of his favorite books. And uh, even though he was still homeless uh, at the time and he was writing his story, he used the money to care. I love this. To care for other homeless people, he bought them soup and bread each and every single day. And now he currently spends running his Pavement Bookworm Reading Foundation, which has been recognized by South Africa's president for putting books into the hands of children. He even presented, uh, I guess he was even a speaker at a local conference in South Africa, and his book will be out later in October. Isn't that a great story? Yeah, totally. Yeah, both I of them were. You just want to tell over and over and and, and over again. But uh, so that's what I have for wonderful uh, life uh, Wednesday. And for those of you who've been praying for my son, he is on the mend. I just want to thank you all. Uh, let me tell you something. My little guy is he is just such a brave little trooper. And let me say something. He's, he's, I love my son. Uh, they are the loves of my life. And it's just been, even even though we were already close, because he's already a mommy's boy. Already a mommy's boy. And will be this one forever. Uh, but it bonded us even more. And uh, he was just, when we were at the hospital, he was just thanking everyone. You know, he's just three years old. And he's just turned three. It's not like he's three and a half even. He's just going around, you know, thinking thinking the radiologist, thinking the doctors. Thank you. I go bye-bye now. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to thank everybody for their prayers and, and well wishes and give you the good update. And, um, and that's that. Cool. Right on. Yeah. Well, that's good yeah. news. Yeah, it is good news. See, it's a wonderful life. Yep. Yeah. yeah, totally. Well, let's see here. Um, uh, I've got, uh, you know, it's a good... You know, you know, cancer is never good news. It's you know, uh, but I saw this story, and you know, being in the Charlotte area, you know, one thing, you know, people can say what they want to say about Cam Newton, but you can tell that he genuinely loves kids because every time the Panthers score a touchdown, and it doesn't matter if it's a home game or or if it's an away game. He will get the football and go give it to a kid up in the stands, you know, if they're sitting down close and he happens to see them. Um, 
And, you know, you can just see the joy in his eyes when he, and, you know, because the kids are just stoked, you know, hey, I got a football from Cam Newton. And, well, there, there's this, there's, a, there's a kid, um, he's 10 years old. His name's uh, Oshbrenner, and he has a rare form of cancer called epithelioid, epithelioid sarcoma. I, I don't really know what that is. And poor little guy, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be, you know, last week they'd learned that the disease had actually had spread and he might not make it a Halloween. So, uh, you know, everyone keep, uh, you know, keep this kid and his family in your prayers too. Uh, so, um, you know, and Halloween was like, really big. His family. Hey, Randy, you're breaking up every other set. Painting The other Panthers, uh, is it, it, um, tackle. his name's Colin Cole, and he's been a long-time supporter of Elijah in his battle. And so he, I guess, you know, he was, you know, him and Cam were probably talking about it. So um, Cam came to the neighborhood party, and they, he, uh, him and um, Colin, they, they, they basically, you know, you know, they, they footed the bill for everything. You know, they brought food, video games, all kinds of cool stuff for all the kids to do and, you know, spent a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one time and took pictures and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, the kids, you know, he was, you know, he was just totally stoked. And, and his mom, when she saw um, Cam show up, she just lost it. She just started crying. And, uh, you know, because, you know, she knew he was there for, for the, you know, for her son. Um, so, you know, I thought that was cool. You know, the, you know, you know, the NFL, a lot of guys in the league, they get bad press, but there, there are a lot of good guys in the national football league and, you know, Cam's one of them, you know, he, he he's genuine about that. And whether you like, like his on, on the field antics or not, you know, he, you know, he's a really good guy. And um, he, the, the lady, uh, <laughs> oh, here it is. You know, when she saw him, um, she she started crying and Cam looked at her and said, "Dry it up, Mama." We're and so they were they were gonna have uh, you know a good fun time and, and you know I thought th I thought that was really a really good story and um, you know I've, I've got one last one and it, it it's another another cancer story that it's actually got a good <clears throat> a good story with it. Um, they're up in uh, there's a guy named Carl Bates. He's a farmer. Not like there's a grain that was ready to be harvested but couldn't work the fields because of his cancer treatments um and they say you know he you know you know typical you know do-it-yourself kind of guy you know he's not one to ask for help but but his neighbors pitched in um farmers and local businesses local businesses they they donated 10 combine harvesters and 16 semis and volunteers um, had showed up, uh, you know, from all over, and they had um, they they harvested uh, the crops for him. Um, and 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 Carl's cousin Jason Bates said that it got to the point that so many people were showing up that they actually had to tell people that we have enough. But uh, if you want to hang around, that's fine. But we've got plenty of people out in the field and there's no more room. So, you know, that, that's cool. You know, people pitching in to help each other out. Um, 
you know, because there, there is a lot of good out there, a lot, a lot of good stories, a lot of good people helping each other, and um, you know that that's that, that that's what you know that that's what it's all about, I I think. Uh, so um, and we do have others. And, you know, depending on when our guest gets here and how long we go, we may get back to that. If not, there'll, there'll be a bunch of stuff on our website or um, later, uh, thewakeupmissionshow.com. And there will also, you know, these you know these articles uh, will also be on our Facebook page, the Wake Up Mission Radio Show. So, uh, you know, check them out. You know, be inspired. You know, do a, do a good turn to uh, help your neighbor. And that, that's what we got, boss. Amen. So, hey, let's go to break, and hopefully our guests will be here when we're back from that break. What we're going to do is we're going to play our guest campaign announcement. When we come back, hopefully John McAfee, our presidential candidate for the uh, United States, will be here. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the second half of the Wake Up Mission Show. Hello, this is Randy Dees. Thank you for tuning in to the Wake Up Mission Radio Show, an underground network connecting the dots for liberty. Join Shalene and I Monday through Thursday when we say what we want. But don't forget Music Revolution Fridays when we take a break from the news, have some fun, and play what we want. To learn more, go to www.thewakeupmissionshow.com. It is near certain that the authors of America's Declaration of Independence and Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, texts of agonizing beauty in the face of today's harsh realities, could not have anticipated a world in which spy cameras are hidden in cactuses, the government surreptitiously parses our verbal communications, and the concept of privacy is fast approaching extinction. They could not have anticipated a world in which information is the prime commodity of exchange at the expense of grace, compassion, solitude, and the remaining fragile components of the besieged human heart. What they did anticipate is that governments, no matter how powerful, will always hunger for more power and that power inevitably corrupts. Governments are composed of human beings and all of the frailties that humans possess are absorbed into those governments and become active within these governments. Hatred, anger, jealousy, fear, greed, distrust, and the whole host of afflictions that humans must bear lurk just beneath the surface of civility displayed by government. When individuals become angry with one another, an injury of some sort will likely occur. When governments become angry, entire civilizations are wiped out. When individuals become greedy, they are no longer invited to dinner. When governments become greedy, starvation afflicts the weaker nations. When people become fearful, other people avoid them. When governments become fearful, the populace is included among those elements that the government fears, and the populace has nowhere to go. These truths are self-evident to anyone who cares to look with the right kind of eyes. More than 200 years ago, a document called the Declaration of Independence was penned by some of the greatest minds in the history of civilization. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that people are endowed with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among people 
deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it a scant fourscore and seven years after these words were written a gaunt President Lincoln stepped onto one of the bloodiest battlefields in human history to admonish his current and all future generations to bear the responsibility of we the governed he said we must now dedicate ourselves to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain that this nation shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish from the earth I live in a country that has passed so many laws that at an average reading speed it would take me 600 years to read reading 24 hours a day I'm protected by a government that invades my privacy so that it can assure me that I am not the enemy it is protecting me from I live in a country that is governed by people largely illiterate in cybersecurity, as proven by the multiple government computer hacks. Yet cyber warfare is now the means of war. My government is dysfunctional. For the 300 million other Americans, you are in the same boat with me. So stand with me to protect our freedom. Visit McAfee16.com. Up Mission Show. Hey, today we 
are honored to have John McAfee, the founder of McAfee Associates. And back in 1987, I was still in school then, uh, I remember that very well, and he pioneered the antivirus and consumer privacy industry. Uh, John McAfee also recently founded Future Tense Central, a renewed effort to aid consumers in regarding control over their information and privacy, which, as you know, who listen to the show, privacy is a big deal. Freedom is a big deal. John, we are so honored to have you on the show today. Well, I'm, I'm flattered. Thank you very much. Uh, well, uh, John, I'm going to ask you the question because you live, uh, you live a good life. You've got a beautiful wife, girlfriend. I, I don't know. We connected on Facebook. She's a lovely woman. Uh, you, uh, you, you've got your own business. There's no reason to upset your wife with a uh, with a candidacy for president. So, so why? Why did you decide? You know what? I'm going to throw my name in here. Well, you know, quite frankly, this is not something I want to do or would choose to do. Um, I would actually prefer to be fishing. Uh, my uh, my close friends, my, my advisors, and many of my fans uh, finally have been pushing me for over a year to run. Uh, I, I didn't take them seriously. Uh, finally, when they, they uh, threatened to break my kneecaps, if I didn't, I go, okay, okay. So, and I'm very serious about this. This is This is, this is not actually fun for me. It is not, um, but they convinced me, and and I just started looking at at the at the reality. You know, the 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 candidates on the block, the um, the problems that America faces, um, and and we really are living in in an insane government. There there is no question, um, and and the 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 I think the qualities and talents that are needed to to fix this uh, simply are not represented in the field. So. Um, uh, so here I am, and and I really believe that I can I can do something to to help this country. I, I think the, the thing I can do to help the most is is listen. I, I don't think that anyone has listened to the American people for 50 years. Uh, the the last time the last time a president listened, it was Dwight D. Eisenhower, and and he was not the finest example of a president. I, I will admit that, but he was the last president who didn't want to be president. Uh, he had to be pushed, kicking and screaming because well, why would he want the job? He had just left being the supreme commander, um, you know, in charge of nuclear bombs and battleships and, and uh, bombers. And uh, seriously, it was a step down for him. Uh, and, and yet he, he, he was the best man for the job at the time. He really was. And so uh, he did the best he could. And it was a time, this was in the 50s, this was a time of, of hopes and dreams and everything was, was possible in America. Uh, we were all... Uh, you know, living in in uh, in freedom and and uh, uh, opportunity, and and that's gone. That's really gone. The, the government is no longer supporting and assisting the populace, pressure of the populace. Uh, I, I don't know how that happened in such a short period of time, but but it did. They love it, you know. And then I love that saying uh, when the government fears uh, the people for liberty, but we haven't had that. Had people fearing the government, bowing down to them, paying whatever taxes, uh, you know, that they increase the bureaucracy, going, you know, just going with the flow. And that, I believe, what, what has happened is that we weren't ever vigilant on our lot, unfortunately. And, and I've got to say, I wasn't born in, in the 50s, so I don't, I don't know. I've heard it was a great, a great time. But my generation, I mean, we were the generation of, you know, guns and roses, and we certainly... We're not paying attention to politics, I can assure you. 
And uh, so I that's the, we, we had a we had a blind guy, my friend. Uh, right. Now, the, what, the, the founding principles of this country, if we were actually to espouse them today, for example, if I were to take a megaphone, stand up uh, a street corner, and read the Declaration of Independence, I'd be arrested as a traitor. For example, among the things it says that governments are here to serve people, and when they stop serving, the people have the right to change it or even abolish it. Now, if I said we have the right to abolish this government, I'd be arrested. Yeah, domestic um, terrorist. I'm sorry. Yeah, for domestic terrorism. We we know this for a fact, but it's a Declaration of Independence. It is the document, the founding document of this country, of uh, saying some profoundly deep and beautiful things that that uh, we all should relate to. But but try to say them out loud today. Get on television and uh, say, look, we got to try to abolish this government. <laughs> what would happen to me? This is the this is the sadness, the sorrow that's in my heart now is that that the things that I grew up with. Uh, admiring uh, and proud of um, principles that that actually meant something are now insidious and treasonous. Uh, our government has turned par- it's turned paranoid. You know, if you look at the TSA, you know, you're standing in line, you got your hat, you got your shoes and your belt uh, off. They're scrutinizing all of your personal belongings. Your hands are in the air, waiting to be frisked. I don't feel protected. I'm sorry, I don't. I feel like the enemy. You know what, John? I used to love to fly. Now I can't stand it because I don't want to go through the airport. I have a friend, and I don't know if you know him or not, Art Olivier. He was a he was a vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party uh, some years back. But now, because he made a film, he he made a film called Operation Terror. Uh, it's a feature film, uh, 9/11. And uh, now, whenever he goes to the airport, he's taken back to a room and interrogated. That's not freedom. No, and and the other thing is is that the public seems to be completely um, uh, immune to the the insanity from every department. The NSA and the CIA tell us that, look, we're here to protect you too. We're protecting you from the enemy. And what we need you to do is let us violate every privacy that you have. So that we can scrutinize your thoughts, your actions, your feelings, and your uh, everything about you, who your friends are, and what you're talking about. Because we want to assure you that you are not the enemy that we're protecting you from. Because that's exactly what's happening. That's the truth of it. But when we say it like that, it's insane. And yet that's what's happening. We, are, we have a government. You are, I'm sorry? You are massively security. You know all about this. And as a matter of fact, I remember because I, I uh, already knew who you were, right? years ago you used your security system and then you sold it then it became a nightmare and you couldn't even get rid of it but, um, but I, I, I remember reading uh, something you said about don't get a smartphone because they are recording absolutely everything you're doing and that, and that is a fact and Edward Snowden of course has come out to tell us what they're doing and so of anybody you would know you would know that they are spying on us so what would you of course. Do? You know, you've about net neutrality. You've got the NSA. The, the, first, the, first thing, the first thing I would do is I would rein in uh, the, uh, the, the paranoia uh, of our government and, and assume, because we must assume, we must assume that the citizens, that we, the people, are not the enemy. We have to. It doesn't matter if one of us is. We've got to assume that we are not the enemy. Um, otherwise, we, we spiral down into chaos, and, and we'll end, end up with 1984, where there's not a corner of the world where you can, you can hide without being watched. Uh, we don't want that. So, so we have to rein it in and apply them where they're supposed to be applied. Look, we have 
enemies in this world. We we know this for a fact. Uh, China uh, has 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 declared cyber war on us over a year ago. They've sucked up 14 million records from the Office of Personnel Management, including every single uh, top secret uh, classified uh, employee of the government for the past 35 years. That includes every single embedded agent in every foreign government. They have not told us what has happened to them. Have, they, have those people been executed? Did we rescue them? What's happening? They haven't said a single word. And those people have families here, perhaps. Um, this is insane. And, and their response is the following. If you remember this, a, a few weeks after that hack, uh, the Office of Personnel Management says we have hired consultants to, uh, to consult with our, our employees uh, because their morale is low and they're feeling bad and we don't want them to feel bad. That was the only response. Now, if that isn't insanity at the highest level, I don't know what is. We were just attacked, an act of war, the likes of which have never been seen before. But well, look at what we have in the Oval Office. It's not like it cares about this country. One of the things you say, your foreign policy, which I love, and Randy agrees with me, uh, we are not the police agency for the world. Amen. And that's exactly what George Washington said. And yet here we are. And, you know, this is what I loved also about Ron Paul because he agrees with us. Well, why does every other candidate, John, why do they seem to believe it is our role uh, for the U.S. to intervene everywhere and in everything? Because here's what it boils down to. It boils down to the exercise of power for the pure joy of exercising power. I'm, I'm sorry that it boils down so simply in my mind. Maybe my mind is simple. But I truly believe that. That I mean, for example, it was just announced today the the um, uh, the, the uh, appointment to the United Nations from Argentina divulged that the Obama administration sent an envoy to Argentina saying, "Would you please sell enriched fuel to Iran?" This is the honest truth, and it was not denied. Well, I mean, you know, when you're working in a world where you are manipulating everything, countries and, and cultures and religions and people, I mean, that's, that's a degree of power that, that is unheard of. I mean, children like to play video games where they get to shoot at things, right? Well, this is, this is the adult version where you get to play with the whole world, only it's real lives, real cultures, real souls, and, and real history. Um, uh, that is the fundamental problem. It is power for the sake of power. It is the corruption that comes from the absoluteness of the power that America has had. And that's got to stop. It has to stop. The government is not about power. It is about service. And we need to get back to that concept. So um, th- this, this is why this has been going on, <coughs> and this, in, in my simple mind anyway. Uh, because it, is, it has become habituated within the government. Because playing world policeman, now think of, think of how much fun that's got to be for, the, for a sick type of mind. It, it would be enormous, right? Um, it won't be any fun for me. And I, I see it as a sickness, and I see it as a disease. Um, and, and what has happened because of it? You know, we, we spend all this time fighting terrorism, but we're fighting the thing that we created. We created terrorism by interfering in the affairs of foreign nations. Had we not and done that... Washington, George Washington, again, he said, do not entangle in foreign alliances, and yet that is the exact opposite of what our country's been doing for years, even against the taxpayer's will. 
you know, John, I've had a few friends, all in the liberty movement, by the way, and you probably know some of them, like Adam Kokesh and Zach, and, and uh, you know, they quit. They said one day, they just said, what am I, what am I here for? I'm, in the, I'm a Marine. I'm here, and I'm on somebody else's border protecting their border. What if ours are wide open? I'm out of here. Um, yeah, this is an area I think you and I do disagree on, but that's okay. That's what freedom's all about. Well, we, we disagree for the simple reason that I think America became great because we, we did not judge and we accepted. You know, give us your poor, uh, you know, uh, your, 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 your lowest class, your, your unwanted. And that's exactly what we got. We got prisoners. I mean, this country was founded by, by criminals, basically, people, you know, running from the law. I'm, I'm sorry? Rebels. And, and rebels. And, and so why should we stop that? Seriously, why should we? I mean, uh, just because we are afraid of losing jobs? Uh, have you traveled to the West? You know, once you leave the Mississippi River and, and, and past Kansas, you're in the Rocky Mountains and the vastness of this nation, which, I, you know, I have, I have driven off-road for about 30,000 miles over the past 15 years. It's one of my passions. And you can drive for two days and not see another human being. Do we have not have the space for people? What is it? We don't have the passion? We don't have the... Well, that's, not, the uh, that's not my issue. My, my issue has always been, I don't know, I live in Southern California, which transformed overnight, so really, but that's not the issue for me. The issue for me is the, the New World Order elite. I believe that their whole, they're behind the agenda of illegal immigration because I wouldn't be here talking to you if it wasn't for immigration because my mom's family... Absolutely, you wouldn't. But we can agree to disagree on that, and and actually there there are other issues that are equally, if not more important, that, that right. I think we can can agree on. Um, right. Oh, that's and, right. oh, that's right. But I wanted to make this point: illegal immigration, not legal. Illegal is a, a, a new world order agenda for them to create and totally fulfill the North American Union. I'm not for that. I don't want to be in the UN. I don't want to be part of the union. And I want. To well, neither do I. Not, neither do I. And, uh, and do you think the UN has helped anything? Do you think that that we have had fewer wars, fewer catastrophes, fewer <laughs> angers, fewer fewer fistfights? No, nothing. You know, we're we're trying to to solve a fundamental problem of human nature. You know, we are imperfect creatures, and we are filled with yeah. greed and lust and fear, as well as with love and compassion and hope. Uh, and because of these imperfections, uh, every agency that we create will have those same imperfections. So I, w I would rather try to deal just with our tiny space ourselves, our country, our, our land, our people, our, uh, our own customs and our own problems, which are massive, which are massive. You know, we we have we have we have pushed the Native Americans onto tiny plots of land. Uh, even even the wandering tribes, that that what are they going to do? You know, they they've been following buffaloes for five thousand years, and we say no, you can't. You got to stay here on the end of the edge of this mountain. Um, and without thought, without thought of what we have done to a culture. Um, you know, it, it, all of us, all Americans, suffer to some degree under the oppression of a government that's trying to be our mother and our father. I don't need one. I'm 70. I didn't need one since I was 21. So, so let, me, let me make my own decisions, please. Um, you know, it's my body. You know, if I want to apply something to it or ingest something, get the hell out of my way. It's my experimentation, not yours. Um, why, why should, for example, why should we try to punish, let's say, a heroin addict? The addiction is its own punishment. I promise you. Mm -hmm. it, we, we don't need to add to that. 
Um, and, and if there is no punishment from, from whatever the experimentation is, then, then why should we punish that? It, we, we, are, we are overreaching uh, in our attempt to be the, the guide, the, uh, the protector, uh, the, uh, the mediator. We don't need one. We don't, okay? <laughs> once we leave home, once we leave home, it is our responsibility to take care of our own lives. And if we let people do that, we will have a far more productive world. We'll have a far more colorful world, that's for sure. It will be varied. It will be fascinating. So, John, you and I and others that, you know, especially in the Ron Paul movement, we believe that. But and, and it's what's really interesting, and obviously Randy and I went around for these days, but, you know, the hippie free love movement. Uh, I love watching documentaries. Like, I, you know, I love watching about Woodstock and, and all of that. But they're preaching freedom. But yet these are the radicals that are now, you know, in our government, Saul Alinsky students, that have done just the opposite. And their style of freedom is actually oppression. And I don't understand why they don't see that. They don't want people to live their lives. They want people to live their lives the way they want them to. And that's not freedom. And your comment on that. No, it's not. Now, even even if they had vast intelligence, which they don't, and here's the real kicker. I mean, what what ticks me off more than anything else is that the people tell me that they know best for me are by and large idiots. I'm sorry to say that, but they are. Uh, they are people who have never experienced the real world. They know what it's like to, to run a country and not be able to pay your employees because you don't have money. They just make the money. Oh, let's, let's spend some more. Now, what would happen if I, I called my wife and said, let's go out to dinner tonight? She said, hey, we don't have any money. I go, well, just print some. I'll be home in a little while. Um, no, we, we can't do that, but the government does. And so these people who believe that this is actually how the world works, and they make up these massive rationalizations for why they do it, um, they're telling me what's good for me. Well, whoa, please. Do you realize what, how expensive that is? At least find someone with intelligence to tell me what to do so that we can have a, a decent discussion about it. But the people telling me, don't even, they don't even know what – they can't spell cyber science, let alone speak coherently about it. Um, they, they, they don't know what it's like to run a business because running a business for them is printing money and doing what you want. They don't know what it's like to actually balance a budget because if you don't balance a budget in your private affairs, you don't eat. Right. Speaking of, John, speaking of spending money, what are you going to do with the criminal cartel of the Federal Reserve System? I'm sorry, the cartels? And so, you know, here, here is a, here, you're, you're, talk, you're talking about probably the most – you're talking about probably the most difficult part of, of decision-making. And I'll be really honest with you. Until I sit down in the chair and someone tells me what the truth of it is, what, because we only get to see 1% of what, what's actually happening. We really do. Uh, Edward Snowden kind of proved that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd have to sit down and say, okay, by law, you are required to reveal to me the entire nightmare. Let me have it. Uh, then maybe I can make some, some rational decisions. But honestly, we all think we know what's going on. We do not. Uh, what goes on behind that curtain, especially that curtain, the curtain of money, the, fur the curtain of, of finance, the curtain of, of, of lending and, and all of this stuff, good Lord, who knows what the reality is. But I, I can tell you it's bad, uh, and, yeah. and I, can, I can tell you it is, it is within the realm of the executive office to fix it. I am smart, and, and I think I am, and I'm, I'm fast on my feet. Show me what the problem is, and I will immediately address it. But, but we honestly don't know. I'm, I'm sorry? 
would you encourage Congress to put us back on the gold standard? Well, you know, here, here, we're in a new world now. Um, I'm, I might actually consider and let the American people help me decide actually going into a purely electronic form of currency. Like Bitcoin? Uh, like, like Bitcoin, not Bitcoin maybe, because Bitcoin has some technical problems. I mean, some actually some, some serious technical problems that, that worry me. Um, but, but something like that, number one, what does it do? It gives you absolute an- anonymity. Uh, which I like. I like. I, I like to be able to, to buy things without having to report to some agency uh, what it is I just purchased. I, I just purchased a car. You want to know why? What business is it of yours? Uh, you, you even want to know the size of my underwear, all right? So, no, it's not your business. It's my business. Uh, and well, to you, have a currency – I'm sorry? Well, I was going to say like the banks. You know, if you withdraw, you know, X amount of dollars out of – your bank account, you know, your own money. If it's money. more than nine hundred ninety, right? It's no more than nine hundred uh, nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. You got to, you got to report that. You got to fill out a form. What the yeah, heck? Yeah, my money. I work, you, I work for it. Yeah, would you abolish that? I mean, what business? Of course, is I would there? abolish that. What, what business is it of the government? What you do with the money you have already worked for and put away? Now wait, yeah, you, we, if you if you can, you verified you work for it. You didn't steal it, right? You didn't rob the bank in in the next county. And, and stash it in, in the bank at, at home. No, it's in there. Uh, you put it in that because you don't want to keep it under your pillow. That's my right. Now, if I want to take it all out and go gamble in Las Vegas, that's my right. You, you, can't, you can't ask me what I'm doing with it. You can't go, oh, he just took out $10,000 or he might be doing something insidious. Well, screw you. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. No, it, it's, it's, it's not your problem. It's not your issue. It's the government. And, and, and get the heck out of my affairs. So, no, of course I, I would have. I would abolish that. That's one of the freedoms that we've, we've, we've lost more than any other, the freedom to use the resources that we have worked hard to create for whatever purpose we want to, to use them for. We're adults. Let us make our, our decisions and live with the, the results. Uh, John, what is, in, in, for you, your top issue, your top priority? I'm sorry, I'm what now? What is your top issue? Uh, my top, my top issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I have. I, I wish I could have just one top issue, but I can tell you what my major top issues are. Uh, my first order of business is to, to pardon everybody who's in prison for an, a marijuana offense. I mean, I, I, it's, a, it's in, inconceivable that we have people in prison for 15 years for smoking a joint, whereas we have murderers who get uh, get two years of probation, uh, and I... human traffickers who get a slap on the wrist and a fine and sent home. So this is unconscionable, unconscionable. Right. Oh, and we, we need all of those cell spaces for people who actually should be in cells because they're, they're not functioning members of our society. Um, so that would be step number one. Number two, I would disband a whole bunch of agencies right off the bat. The TSA is one, absolutely. Yeah. The DIA, the Department of Indian Affairs, I mean, there is no more offensive agency to Native Americans that you could ever name. They have done nothing. But, but destroy Native culture for whatever purposes the, the United States government wanted. They have pushed uh, Native Americans onto reservations and then, on top of it, given coal rights and mineral rights to companies uh, for whatever reason and in, 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 uh, payment for uh, some campaign contribution. Who knows? Um, my God, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. DIA is instrumental in doing that. That's 8,000 people with a budget of $2.9 billion. Well, I can spend that $2.9 billion far more effectively. And then the TSA, nearly $8 billion. $8 billion. 
think of this. And we're, we're, we are $19 trillion in debt. We don't need, we don't need the, the nonsense that we have. So we have to be realistic. So I'll, I will start the disbanding process. No one's going to like this, and this will be a very unpopular thing. Uh, I will immediately well, take that money that I've uh, – I'm sorry? Uh, many of us. Had, uh, our latest poll that came out, 50%, nearly 50% of this country thinks government's too big. So you'll have at least half the country on your side. Yeah, well, the, the, the other thing that, that, that I, I would do is immediately uh, use the money that we're saving from disbanding agencies to start hiring technologists because we are in a tragic situation compared to the rest of the world. Our government is filled with illiteracy uh, about the very science that, that holds this world together, cyber science. Try to, be, try to be a leader in China without knowing how to program a computer. They would laugh you off of the stage. They would. Like, what's wrong with you? Because you have to understand how the world works from its fundamental glue, and that's cyber science. And, and find someone who can talk coherently about it. You can't. So I would start staffing the executive branch with, with, the top, with the absolute top people. And believe me, I know who those people are. My, my chief technical advisor is Chris Roberts. Chris is a gentleman that – and don't judge me for this. Chris is a gentleman who, who allegedly commandeered the United Airlines flight uh, a few months back. Now, Chris is a oh, good friend of mine. Yes, we talked about it. Okay. Chris is a, a, a good friend of mine. He is a man with a heart. Now, now, whether what he did was in good judgment or not, I, I'm not here to judge him. Uh, he is the best technologist that I know, and he is the most brilliant uh, cyber scientist on this planet. And, and, and we need people like him. Now, you know, if it had been me wanting the, the country and, and Chris had said, yeah, look, here's the problem we got here, folks. I got into the entertainment system. Uh, and he said, I can do the same thing over the Internet. So instead of going, here, good, here's, here's, here's $10,000 and, and a bottle of champagne, good man, go home, you know, we're abusing him. Uh, and, again, I'm not here to judge. And, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong and, and everyone else is right that, that it, was, it was an immoral act. Nobody is perfect. His heart is pure. His heart is truly pure. He's one of the kindest people that I know. And, and he, is, he was seriously trying to help the world, going, look, because he had gone to Boeing. Boeing wouldn't listen to him. Went to United Airlines. They would not listen to him. So he said, well, what am I supposed to do? And so he went on and, and did his thing, and, and, and we slapped him around for it. So, but, but he's my chief technology advisor, um, and, and he will also be uh, the, uh, the secretary of a new cabinet position, um, called uh, uh, digital transformation, um, and uh, uh, we will we will transform the government because if we do not, we are going to be eradicated by the Russians, the Chinese, and other and the Japanese countries that that do put cyber science first because they understand the next war will not be fought with bombs, guns, and missiles. It's going to be fought with digital technology, and we'll wake up one morning and we will not have elect. I'm sorry. North Korea hacked or alleged hack. Uh, we talk about this all the time. Speaking of cyber, uh, you formed or your supporters formed the Cyber Party, and that is actually uh, you're not an independent candidate. You're a Cyber Party candidate, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, well, Cyber Party. So the Cyber Party is definitely it's not one of the it's not one of the the two main parties. But you keep, you keep in mind that the, 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 the Democrats and the Republicans are machines. I mean, they have, they have been around so long and are so powerful that I don't care who you are, once you attach yourself to that machine, you will eventually become a cog in that wheel. Yeah. 
um, yeah. and and your heart your heart will disappear. We have to right. have a a third party candidate soon. We have to, else else America is doomed. If we if we don't bring the heart, uh, and if we don't bring service back into this process, we're, what will happen to us? What will happen? It's it's like what would happen if privacy completely is eradicated? If we were all perfect creatures, that would not be a problem. But we're not. What would happen if everyone knew everything about everyone else? Everyone. We would have chaos and fights in the street. I know this for a fact, and so do you, because we are judgmental creatures. We cannot. Yeah, it. If, we, it didn't, if we knew. <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to um, interject some humor. That didn't work out so well on Gilligan's Island when they all knew what each other was thinking. So, uh, <laughs> right. Right, and, and they were they were pretty much average people. <laughs> so, right, <laughs> you're you're right there. But no, so we have to have the right to privacy and to keep secrets. Uh, and and every, what we don't realize, because it's a subconscious process, is that every man, woman, and child exercises this privilege probably hundreds of times a day. When you check out the, from the the grocery clerk, and that's a new clerk, you might say, "Hi, how are you doing? Uh, it's good weather today." not going to divulge your deepest secrets to them because you don't know if you can trust them with your deepest secret. You don't know anything about them. So we're cautious. With with friends you've just met, you may divulge a few things just to test the waters. Let's throw this out and see what happens, okay? To judge what you can and cannot say with that person. This is a subconscious process that happens constantly, and we're just not aware of it. So when people say, well, privacy is not important. They've got nothing to hide. Well, bullshit, dude. You have something to hide. Just look at your life and look at who you tell what to, and then you come back and tell me that. We're not aware of it. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So if it, if, it go, if it goes away, we have lost a critical segment, a critical piece of what we call culture and civilization, which is that thin veneer which keeps things kind of unchaotic. Right, we, I mean, we, it, we have that been there for a reason. My father said uh, a just and moral society is what you needed for tyranny, so we're right there with you. But a question about the cyber party, because I was a third-party candidate uh, for governor here in California, a constitution party. And, uh, you know, even though I was a supporter of Ron Paul, when Ron endorsed Chuck Baldwin back in 2008 under the constitution party, that's who I supported. And the issue that I remember the constitution party having was that they were not on the ballot in all 50 states. So uh, how are you going to be on the ballot in all 50 states? Have you been able to take care of that issue? Well, um, you know, in some states we can, we can be helpful electronically. Uh, starting in, in two weeks, we're putting out applications, apps that speak, the, the voters can download. Uh, the first app is going to be a candidate awareness app, and it's, it's kind of like a, a mini Twitter where every morning all of the candidates can, can provide to us 500 characters of text, 500. It's not enough that you can wax eloquent, but it's sufficient that you can get some meat out to, to everybody. Because now if you're undecided, how do you follow 17 candidates? You've got to go to seven different Twitter accounts. You've got to check the news. It's a nightmare. But this app will give you every day what every candidate wants you to know for the day. It might be a quote about, well, I disagree with what happened yesterday, or here's my thing for tomorrow. Or this just occurred, whatever you want. And if you don't want to, don't want to cooperate with us, we'll put no comment, okay? Um, but but, but it, it, it will help the voters, number one, decide and become aware of what the candidates are really thinking. Uh, two weeks later, we will add, add to that 
a polling uh, process where we can send questions or anybody can send questions going, well, what do you think about this? Uh, what do you think about the corn tax? Uh, what do you think about uh, mining coal on the Navajo Reservation? What do you think about X, Y, and Z? And give them some options, and they can click uh, A, B, C, or D, and instantly we can get millions of, of opinions uh, and collate and report back to the voter. Well, this is what everybody thought. Isn't this interesting? Um, so we are going to engage the, the electorate, uh, and in that process, hopefully, uh, engage them enough that they will get out and get signatures for us. Um, I, 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 could, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong, but I do not think so. I've been doing this. I've been doing technology my whole life and applications for the general public, and I think I know how the public reacts and, and how much power you have if you have given them something of value. For free. Right. So, right. Which right. is what smart business sense uh, entrepreneur rule number one. Uh, you can go to John's site, his campaign, McAfee16.com. And we're not only there uh, on your site. I love this. I have to read this, John, because I thought, wow, this, this is actually really brilliant. Uh, you said, I am running the first purely electronic presidential campaign. I will hold hold fireside chat over the internet through which you and I can communicate as if I were sitting in your living room. I will not be coming to your city to shake your hand or kiss your baby. And for that. Hello. I think her, her, her mic cut out. Uh, we, she, we've okay. been having a, an issue with that. I do apologize. Um, uh, not a problem. So, okay. Yeah, you know, it's um, you know th- this is all done over the internet uh, with this radio show, so we we do run okay. into this uh, occasionally. Not, not um, a problem, sir. And I'm 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 running close to the the edge of my time. Um, oh, uh, how how much more time do we need, sir? Well, it, it, it's completely up to you. Um, I, I did have some questions myself. Um, and when well, let's, let's, back, let's, get, let's let's get your questions in uh, because I've. Um, um, this is my wife uh, for the first time today was interviewed by uh, uh, Black Enterprise, and it's her first oh. interview. Um, oh, cool. And, 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 and that's going to be coming out, and I want to know. I hear, uh, I hear you. So, I, and so well, I, 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 want, I want to be there with her to, uh, to, to watch that. So, um, oh, cool. Well, that'll be cool, dude. Um, well, um, you know, I was watching a, a, a video, um, and, you know, they said you'd worked at NASA. And, and given the news that came out with, you know, water on NASA um, and, you know. Uh, on Mars. Yeah, yeah, on Mars. I'm sorry. Um, and, you know, I, I saw this guy, uh, 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 Levin, I believe was his name. He'd worked at NASA, you know, quite some time ago, and he'd been fighting with him for over 30 years. Um, having worked there, were you aware of any like cover-ups as far as you know, like artificial objects on the moon or Mars? Um, what, what's your no, whole take it, on that? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I was not aware of it. And, and uh, well, I was I was at NASA in the early days. I worked on the the, the first weather satellite that was Kairos uh, data analysis, uh, which was massive. I mean, there was you can't believe the amount of data trying to make sense out of it. And trying to trying to get algorithms uh, and formulas that would allow us to do predictions from the massive data that was coming in from Tyros. Uh, and I worked at the Institute for Space Studies in, in New York, not down in Miami, but at the the real meat of the operation. So if anything had been found at that time, trust me, I would have known about it. We, we were a small group of scientists and, and technologists, 
uh, and, and we were very open with one another. Um, oh, okay. I, I will say this is when when and when it was announced yesterday or the day before that they found water on the moon. I, I'm, I'm a practical jokester. I said, uh, okay, I'm going to write an article uh, explaining that the uh, the Martians contacted me particularly to, <laughs> to be their representative here on Earth, um, and that they that they have a, fu- a future scope, and they 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 found that I would be elected president uh, and would be a great world leader. And so they're giving me now a secret knowledge, which I'm passing out, but my campaign manager nixed it. I don't know why. I thought this would have been really cute. Uh, oh, it would have been, been hilarious. A lot of people <laughs> do, do not understand what I'm being, what I'm joking, what I'm not. So, oh, okay. But, yeah, I thought, but I was fascinated by, the, by that fact. I'm sorry? John, you remind me of a friend I used to work with uh, when I worked at Modern Video Film. His name was Ed. You guys look a lot alike. It could be your lost long brother, and you had the very same uh, sense of humor, and it took me a while to know, when, when are you joking and when are you not? He was one of my closest friends. I love the guy. Go ahead. You had on somewhere out there in, in Internet land, and I actually thought it was pretty funny. You, you're very honest about yourself, what you've I done am. in the past. You just don't care, and that's a good quality because that means people can't hold anything over you. But you did have, uh, and I don't know if you were joking or not, uh, when you worked, um, I believe it was one of the Internet companies, Lockheed, I believe, when you were going to do something with the Air Force, and allegedly, you don't know if this was true or not, they sent you over a security clearance questionnaire, and the answers, if this was not a joke, were really funny. I know some of it was very true about you, but did you really did you really have those security clearances where they asked you about? No, no, no. I did. I, I, I did. In fact, I worked. I worked on a black program at Lockheed. It wasn't Lockheed Martin back then. It was just Lockheed, uh-huh. uh, and uh-huh. it was a it was a, a top secret program uh, for uh, advanced fighter plane. Uh, and I can't say anything about it because I think even today I would be arrested if I did. But, um, but yeah, no, I did get I did get uh, the clearance and. and and I thought I would never get it because, you know, they say, you won't believe the questions that they ask. I'm serious. You will not believe yeah. the questions. Uh, they are shocking beyond belief. I'm so shocked because my dad was in the Air Force. And I thought, if this is not a joke, how did you get a security clearance? I mean, that, you know, no offense. Well, it's because I think, I think it's because, uh, because it, it mystified me at the time. At first, I, I, I sort of flattered myself. Because, see, I'm such a great technologist that in spite of myself. No, no, I don't think it works that way. Uh, yeah. But I think simply because I was so open to them, they figured, huh, okay, well, it's going to be kind of hard to blackmail this dude, um, which maybe is all, which is all they worry about. I don't know. Uh, or maybe they're, they're, they're practical enough to know that there are no perfect people. Uh, and and the people will try to hide things to different degrees. I just didn't try to hide anything. I thought, you know, why uh, why should I lie to these people? They're probably going to find out anyway. Uh, now, but yeah, no, I, I just I just told them every every single deepest darkest secret of my life. I thought, well, no, that's going to be a waste. I hope they don't fire me now. Um, and instead, I got my clearance. You got the clearance. So. Speaking of which, how how vocal and just how you know honest you are with your life uh, during this whole campaign period. Life TV uh, in April 2016 is coming out with a docu-series on you. Six parts, six parts. Oh, this is Spy Kids. Well, you know what? Uh, The director of that that series is Billy Corbin. Um, Uh And and 
uh, I help choose the director because the, the director is responsible for everything. And I think Billy is one of the few people who really is looking for truth, not sensationalism. Um, and, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, he, he was interviewing just two weeks ago in, in Lexington, Tennessee, my wife. Uh, and, and myself, I, I sat next to her, and, and my wife has a very, very tragic story. Um, and it could be sensationalized into the most horrific thing or ugly thing, but, but Billy, for a, a whole hour, sat there with tears streaming down his face. I mean, he has a heart, and that's all I ask of people. I don't ask you to, 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 to judge me nicely or to like me or to agree with me. I, I just ask you to, to, to look at me with your heart and look at all things with your heart. And if you do that, we're going to get along, I promise. And, and Billy has a heart. So I, I, I think that it's going to be spectacular because I have been myself the entire time. And I've been on camera for probably, what, 2,000 hours so far with Billy and his camera crew. And I have not, I have not put on any acts. My wife can tell you, my, my security man right here has been with me the whole time. I am myself. Um, you know, I, I, I hold nothing back. Uh, you know, sometimes profanities roll out of my mouth. Uh, sometimes they don't. I joke with him. Um, you know, I, I will, I will, uh, like he, <laughs> he was, he was asking me what the worst thing I'd ever done was. I said, well, you know, here's the, I'm really ashamed of this, Billy, but it's, it's a time I went up the Amazon and I first tasted human flesh. Well, I had, I had no idea that it would taste it so good. So when I came back to America, I just started eating people. But I said it with such with such a profoundly uh, serious voice. Okay, <laughs> but but he was clever enough to go, okay, okay, got the joke, because he, he spotted it right away. Um, I, I think that this mic thing is going to be fine. We'll see. Well, you know, and I and I gotta say this uh, to people that are listening right now. We have politicians who lie to us all the time. I mean, you know, Bill Clinton comes to mind readily with he did not inhale, he did not have sex well. with that woman. And <laughs> when the opposite is the opposite, it's true. So it's actually refreshing uh, because we're not here to judge. We're here about the issues. And for you to be honest about everything, I think people should take that as a good we will see. We will see. That remains to be seen. But but here's the issue: if, if, if I'm going to be the the nation's president, you have to know who you're electing. I mean, right? I, I can't I, I can't hide myself from from the American public and expect them uh, to have faith in me. I can't. Right. Uh, and right. and in spite of the fact that most politicians come up with rationales for why they say the things they do, well, I didn't have sex with a woman because all sex is not sex. I don't know. I mean, to me, I mean, I would actually say, well, I don't know. I mean, I had all sex with a lady, if, if you want to call that sex, rather than just say I didn't have sex. I'd say, well, yeah, we had all sex. I mean, who has not had all sex? I mean, like, let's get real. We can forgive that. Uh, even the president in the Oval Office, okay, cool, all right, all right, nobody's perfect, let's go on with life. What to say, I did not have sex, meaning you're trying to hide something from me, the, 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 the general public that you're supposed to be serving. Well, I don't like that. I'm sorry. I just don't like that. Yeah, I don't either. I don't care what people do either as long as it's not hurting me, but to be honest about it. And one of the things I know, how's this been, and I even hate to ask the question, but everybody, but people know, and it's out there, and Believe you me, listeners will write to us if we don't ask. The whole believe uh, murder questioning. Uh, well, let, let me 
let, let me explain that. Let me explain that whole affair. Okay, I I I, I thought I had retired to Belize. Okay, I, um, it's a beautiful country. Uh, I had a house on on the ocean. There's an offshore reef. I had boats. Uh, I started I started building companies, and not for me. I never I never took a dime. I never took a share of stock. I turned every one of them over to the Belizean people because they're the poorest people on the planet. Uh, I built a ferry company. Uh, that uh, the first week it was in business, we ferried 3,000 people up and down a boat ferry, uh, up and down the, the, the island of San Pedro, uh, or Ambergris Key. And um, uh, I built a coffee company in the inland. I, I built a cigar company. I was building an antibiotics company. I had dozens of these things, which I turned over all to the Malaysian people. I donated millions of dollars to local villages where, where children were just starving. Uh, literally starving. Uh, I, this is not an exaggeration. Half and half, you go to the village, and half of the children were losing hair, losing hair. You know, three-year-olds don't lose hair unless something is wrong, and what's wrong is always the same thing, malnutrition. And that they don't even know that that's the problem. You know, I'd say, well, is, uh, the child is, is, is malnourished. And they go, no, no, we, we, the child eats every day. But what does she eat? Mangoes. When's the last time she had anything else? Well, you know, six months. I'm sorry, but, but she can't survive on, on one food type. Um, right. And so I would help I would help these families directly. Uh, and, and so finally the, the government came to me and said, why don't you give us $2 million, donate to the campaign. Uh, and they kept on saying, you shouldn't be doing this. You should give the money to the government because we know better than you how to dole it out. So that was the first thing. When I refused to donate the $2 million, uh, a week later, 42 armed soldiers stormed my compound, shot my dog in front of my eyes, uh, tortured me, destroyed a half a million dollars worth of my of property, and then left. Are we out of time? No, no, no. No. Okay. So a half a million dollars of my property and then left. The following day, the politician came back and said, uh, God, we are so sorry. What a terrible mistake that was. It was just the wrong the wrong, uh, the wrong, wrong house, the wrong thing. Oh, my God, we are so sorry. So sorry. By the way, have you reconsidered your donation? I said, get the F off my property. That was a mistake. I should have written him a check. But, but who, that began who was a this? A, 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 pardon? Who was this guy, uh, this politician, that was basically trying to shake you down? Well, they're trying to shake me down. It was a representative of, of a, a man named Gaspar Vega. Uh, I, actually, I shouldn't say that. Good God, I'm in enough trouble. Uh, anyway, no. Uh, it was, uh, was in Orange Walk, a representative in Orange Walk. Um, and um, uh, so anyway. I told him to get the F off my property. Then I went to the to the uh, uh, international press, thinking I would shame Belize into giving me an apology and, and reimbursing me for the damages it had done. But no, instead they they became very uh, uh, angered and um, hostile, uh, and it ended in uh, my neighbor getting murdered. And I'm convinced that the government did that. And then they never said that I was the murderer. They just wanted to quote question me which at least involves horrible tortures. Well, you know, listen, they don't have tortured me enough, and I wasn't prepared to go through anymore. Uh, so so I, I went underground. Um, uh-huh. I was underground uh-huh. for about a month. I finally escaped into Guatemala, but I had to enter illegally. I couldn't go across the border. Uh, police found out about it. They, they demanded that Guatemala send me back. Guatemala was about to do that. I hired the, the past attorney general for the country of Guatemala, a man named Telesro Guerra, at a huge sum of money, uh, to keep me from being deported back. Uh, so I was in jail for a few weeks in Guatemala. They finally sent me back to the States, and, and here I've been since. Uh, uh, I, I, don't, 
I, I don't blame you, dude. Um, well, I, I've got one. Um, watching the videos, you're you're pretty good on the keyboards. Um, were you, do you have any formal training <laughs> in music? Or I, I, do, uh, I, I, I do not. I do not. I, I've, you know, about uh, 35 years ago, I bought an old beat-up piano and just started banging the keys. That's, that's how I learned. Wow. Um, I've, had, I've had no formal training. I cannot read music. Um, I mean, and uh, the, the, everything that you hear are things that I have I have composed myself. Well, yeah, it sounds like um, like some in, you know would sound good with like some real heavy industrial metal guitar, you know, kind of like you know the Eastern European <laughs> Rammstein right. type of You're thing. You're right. I, yeah, I, I wish I, I could that. play guitar too. Well, hey, uh, man. By the way, John, that's a Randy's a guitar player, and that's that's his music. So I think he's inching. Are you inching, Randy? <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing I'm throwing a feeler out there, man. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. You, but yeah, I liked it. Okay, I and listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but but I do have to be going now. Okay, um, uh, and and I have I have really enjoyed this, and and uh, I'll, I'll come back on anytime you guys ask me. Okay. Yeah, we really appreciate you, John, being here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, dude. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. Fantastic. And the fact that uh, we were able to have on uh, John McAhee for an entire almost hour is something. He's a busy man. Running, right. You know, billion-dollar companies, running for president and everything else he does. So we really appreciate his time, and we will have him back on. In fact, Randy, I think we should invite him. We just want to remind everybody in November – I think it's November 10th that we have it scheduled for. We are going to have a presidential candidate panel, and we are not going to give any of the candidates the questions ahead of time. Uh, we're not going to be biased. We're going to be the same with every single candidate. Michael C. School, Randy, and I will be uh, questioning and interviewing them all, and so we'll invite John, and hopefully he can participate at that time. Um, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's, so, that's what, whether you, you agree with his personal life or not, it doesn't matter. That, however, when it comes to politics, that is a liberty candidate. And right. And uh, great to be back. Uh, Mike, if you've been all today, we got through it, Randy. And, uh, again, we'll be back uh, back tomorrow. Uh, my friends, with uh, again, uh, uh, not Truth Tuesday, but Tree of Liberty Thursday, and then Friday, of course, Music Revolution Friday. Next week, uh, we are booked as well. Monday, we have Sarah Reed on. She's a, a Liberty type reporter. And then my, uh, we've got uh, House Shortlist coming back on our show, and I believe our friend Joe. Uh, from JBS will be back on that week. So we look forward to it. We hope you all have a great night. We hope you enjoyed the interview today. Stay tuned till tomorrow. Thank you for spending your time with us on the Wake Up Mission Show. There's always a reason to celebrate. Weddings, quinceañeras, or just because I love you. 
Now, for a limited time, switch to AT&T and buy two Samsung Galaxy S7s for one great price. Visit your nearest AT&T store today. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Limited time offers. Each line requires eligible port-in, trade-in, purchase, and service. Get minimum of $10 trade-in credit plus prepaid card in amount of device balance or early termination fee less trade-in. Fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See store for details. Run to Old Navy today for revolutionary prices on summer's hottest swimwear. Today only, all swimwear is 60% off. That's 60% off board shorts, chic bandeaus, and stylish one pieces. All swimwear is 60% off, but just for one day, today. Run to Old Navy, valid 7-3.